this power segment plays a very important role for the more than 80% of the energy that is being delivered today, but it also will play an important role in the future. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Cutting Carbon. I'm your host, Jeff Goldmere, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Gutnick. Brian, good day. Good day, Jeff. Excited to be kicking off another season as we talk about Vernova and our businesses and having this season focusing on our power businesses. So excited to get into it. And Brian, let's just remind our listeners, the power segment is just one of really three or four segments in Vernova. We have our wind segment. We're going to talk today with a very special guest about power, but we also have a segment focused on electrification and this fourth group of companies and, and entities really focused as an accelerator. How do we move the energy transition and help our customers? And as a reminder, the power segment for our listeners really has four elements. There's our gas power business, our steam power business, hydropower, and nuclear power. And with that, I'm really excited to introduce Mavi Zangoni, who is the CEO of our power business. Mavi, welcome to Cutting Carbon. Jeff, Brian, thank you very much for this invite. I'm really, really excited to be here today to have this discussion with you. Well, Mavi, we're really excited. And I'm really excited specifically because of what you bring. You've only been with us for about six months. You've got this amazing perspective as someone new to the company, but not new to energy. You worked for Repsol for many, many years. And so the energy sector, the oil and gas sector, this is not new to you. Maybe Vernova is new, but the sector isn't new. So maybe the first question is, what attracted you to want to be part of the Vernova family? Well, Jeff, uh, as you said, the energy sector is not a sector that is new to me. I've been in the energy sector for more than 25 years, always on the other side, on the generation side. But when I received the offer to be part of GE Varnova, I've been thinking about it. And let me tell you that probably there were two things that really attracted me. I want to be part of this. On the one hand, it's the purpose. And on the other is the people. When you think about the purpose, what's the vision of Varnova? What we are doing and what we want to do? Being part of a company like this one with a clear vision of electrifying and decarbonizing the world, it's really attractive. Moreover, when we think about it and we think, okay, we are in one third of the power of the electricity that is generated today on a global basis. That's number one. I want to be part of this and I also want to be part of the journey and the opportunities that we have in front of us. For sure, it's not going to be easy, but those challenges are really, really attractive. And the second one is the people. Before I made the decision to join the company, I've been meeting with a lot of different leaders in the company, and it's said that the background, the experience, that shared purpose, it's say, okay, this is really a team. This is people that I'd like to work with in this journey. Wonderful. And I'm just curious, 
We do have some specific questions we're going to come to later, but just off the top of your head, are there any specific observations over the last six months that really jump out at you as you think about your first six months with us as Vernova? I'd say that these first six months, I've been very much focused on knowing the teams, spending time with the people, understanding more the businesses. I've been always on the other side as a Giva Roba customer, understanding what is important. And I highlight, first of all, is again, it's about the people that we have. It's about their backgrounds. It's about their experiences. It's about the commitment. And for sure, the diversity that we have. Rivernova is a global company, and we are taking the best out of the different cultures, different worlds, different experience, and that is great to me. The second question, the second topic that I highlight when it comes to what really was a highlight to me, the technical capabilities. If I was thinking about the technology capabilities of GE Vernova joining the company, after I joined, I would say it's even larger with a broader impact than the one that I saw before. And more than that, I'd say that our customers really rely on us to keep on being at the cutting edge of that technology. So it's say that the teams really impressed me, but the technology capabilities as well. So we have everything I'd say to succeed in this energy transition. Finally, I'd say that we can play all the technologies. So in the way that I think about Givernova is that we can be technology agnostic. I'm the kind of believers that we will need all type of technologies to keep on powering the world. For sure, some of them are going to have a higher acceleration and other ones that in relative terms will slow down. I completely agree on that, but there is not going to be just one size for all of us that is going to fit all of us. The fact that we can play in all the technologies in this purpose of electrifying and decarbonizing the world, I think it's great. Mavi, so let's talk about the technologies, and specifically when we think about the power segment. This is a collection of businesses and technologies, gas, steam, nuclear, hydro. These are technologies that have helped to build the grid over the last hundred years. Talk to us, though, about the role that you see them playing in the energy transition. My guess is these aren't just yesterday's technologies. They're going to help into the future. Share with us some of your thoughts around these businesses. Brian, first of all, when we think about the energy transition, we also think about the energy trilemma. So when it all starts, okay, what's the security of supply role for these technologies? And that's number one. I think that we have been learning this lesson on a hard way in the last 12 to 18 months. We need this energy to be affordable and we need to decarbonize it. As you are saying it, Brian, probably when we think about this for technologies, we might be thinking about the past. And some of us say, okay, this is a conventional power. And you know that we have been discussing a lot about the name of this segment. And we say, okay, this may be conventional power when it comes to the original technology. However, the role that these technologies are playing and how we are deploying them 
are not so conventional, I'd say. When I think about these technologies all together, first of all, we have to bear in mind that these technologies today supply more than the 80% of the total electricity in the world. More than 80%. And if we do believe that this is a journey, this is not a switch off, switch on button that we will press, first of all, I'd say we have a duty. We have a duty to maintain all these install base up and running. For our customers, for the society, the society really needs this power for different purposes. So this is our first duty, I'd say, and the first role of these conventional technologies in the power sector. On top of that, we have these install base, and we know that the energy transition is going to be a journey. So how do we work together with our customers in going through that journey? And again, it will depend on where we are focusing on. It depends on the customer. It depends on the region. Because in some regions, we might be thinking about uh, gas replacing some coal. In others, we might be thinking about the gas as a pickers. When we think about that's the role of gas, we may argue that the gas in relative terms will have a smaller role in comparison to the one that it has today. However, it's going to, in absolute terms to keep on growing. The world needs the gas as a backup of the penetration of renewables and the intermittence that the renewables bring with it on the one hand and also to replace the coal. When we think about the nuclear, well, I think that after some years with some doubts, I'd say that there is a huge consensus right now that the world will not be able to reach net zero without the nuclear. The nuclear is a 24 hours, seven days a week, reliable net zero energy. For sure, the nuclear has other challenges. There was all the large nuclears that we have seen so far, hard to do it on budget, on time. That is where the main challenge is, once that the industry knows how to manage it safely, that's not an issue, we have such to execute it. And we have a great opportunity right now with the SMR, with the small module reactor that we are designing. The concept is here, it's small, it's modular. How can we deploy it? It's a great opportunity for the power sector as a whole. We are being pioneers in here with the design that we are doing and at the same time with the first project that we are already executing. We are really, really excited about the role that the nuclear could play in the energy transition. Again, that's same technology, conventional, but in the way that we are deploying it, is less conventional and give us an opportunity going forward. When we think about this team, the steam for sure, the steam related to coal, we made the commitment that we will not be involved in any new coal capacity. However, the world needs that energy and will keep on supplying and servicing the fleet. But the steam turbines will also be needed for the nuclear sector, for the gas sector, and also for, the, for other industrial applications. Finally, we have the hydro. The hydro is another renewable source 
a great one that could play a role not only in the run river power generation, but also when we think about the penetration of wind and solar and the storage that we need with the pump storage role that it can play. When we think about the hydro, we think about pump storage and we might think about pump storage as a large battery. For sure, it's not going to be for short duration, but it's going to be for longer than the ones that we could have collocated in any wind or solar farm. So it say that it plays a very important, this power segment plays a very important role for the more than 80% of the energy that is being delivered today, but it's also we play an important role in the future. So, Mavi, how about gas? Gas clearly is a cleaner alternative than the new build coal, as an example. Significantly lower carbon emissions, but we're not stopping there as well. Maybe talk about the technology advancements to help decarbonize gas as well. We are not, and thanks for asking the question. And, and again, it's going to be the same technology, but when we think about how we can decarbonize the gas power, both pre-combustion or post-combustion, Pre-combustion with the capacity to burn uh, hydrogen and post-combustion either with carbon capture and storage or carbon capture and use of that carbon. And also the important investment that we are making that we feel very proud of um, in development of the new technology for direct air capture. So those are again, it's the same technology, but thinking about the role it can play in the future as we can decarbonize it. You're listening to Cutting Carbon. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic, please check out our show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go back to the conversation. So Mavi, obviously all of these technologies incredibly important for our customers and helping them navigate the transition. If we think for a minute about the role that these businesses are playing for Vernova, though, as well, these are businesses because they've been around a large installed base, maybe services on that. It's playing an important role for our business as well, maybe to fund other things that we're doing. Can you elaborate on that some? Exactly. How do we think about the power segment from another, let's say, stakeholder point of view? You're asking me, okay, what's the role that these businesses play when it comes to G, Vernova, also the P&L and the cash generation of the company? This is the largest install base that we have today. Think about the more than 7,000 gas turbines that we have, the more than 65 gigawatts that we have in, in nuclear, etc. When we think about all that install base, the end of the day, that's install base that we are serving today, that's the cash generation of the company, and that's the cash that we need to keep on investing not only in these technologies, but also in the other technologies that GE Vernova has, like the electrification, like the green business, etc., in the long term, in the other technologies that are going to complement this. And for sure, this is going to be the cash 
generation, and we know that's a huge responsibility for this business, also for our investors. So, Mavi, as, as we think about these technologies in these segments, I know you've spent a lot of time with our customers around the world. What's their perspective as they look at their portfolios today and in the future, and how do they see GE Vernova helping them in their energy transition journey? Jeff, I've been listening to a lot of customers, and it's great listening to them and learning from them. First thing that I'd say that it depends on the customers. Our customers have different needs. It's not the same our customers in Europe or with, in the U.S. with the support of the IRA or in, in other areas of the world, in Africa, in Asia, etc. We need to bear in mind that we still have almost 800 million people without access to power. So it depends on where you ask this question on where those customers are, the needs that they have, and where in the energy trilemma, the different businesses plays a role. There are some of them that are much more focused on reliability or the security of supplies. Other areas are more focused on decarbonization. So I'd say that we have to be flexible. We have to understand. We want to partner with our customers. There are a few customers, only a few of them, that are only thinking on one technology. Most of our customers are multi-technology. So we also need to understand their own portfolio of power generation capacity, the capacity that they have and how they can decarbonize or keep on adding and giving answer to this increasing demand that is also happening. So it's say that our customers want us to understand that portfolio, want us to have a comprehensive view of the needs that they have. They very much rely on us to go through this journey of the energy transition. They want us to really maintain our leadership position when it comes to decarbonization technologies, when it comes to having equipment more and more efficient. That is also part of the energy efficiency that we are providing them. So it's say that they value a lot our technologies. They value the service that we provide in the field. They are asking us to be quicker or more agile in our decision making and we are working on it. And also that we understand their portfolio and how we can help in accelerating the journey that they have to make, provided that we understand where they are and the different support that they receive from other stakeholders where they play. I think the message you're sending is the portfolio view. Not all of our customers are focused on a singular technology, whether it's hydro, gas, wind, that they're looking at our portfolio solution. And that's where Venova can shine because we can support our customers where they want to be more focused on hydro or gas or nuclear or wind or grid. We've got that whole suite of technologies, those businesses that can support our customers in any part of that journey. Exactly, Chef. With the penetration of renewables, we need to also be sure that we give our customers 
the backup that they need, either in form of to support the peaks, either even with aero or any other technologies. But we need to help them in understanding how that grid is going to behave, how the demand supply is going to be, and how we can support them. And then also in here, our consulting services could play a role in understanding how the technologies interact with each other, how the equipment integrates into the grid, and how the grid evolves as well, and the investment that are needed in there. In this electrification journey, the grid is going to play a very important role as well. So when we think about, and you said it at the very beginning, the different segments in the way that we are organized internally in Bernova, power, wind, electrification, digital, but we are thinking of Bernova and our customer needs regardless on how we are organized internally. So Mavi, maybe building on this notion, you talk about the regional differences really stemming from where they are in the energy trilemma, putting maybe more weight in one versus another. And my guess is that has different expectations than for our customers of the value they want from our power businesses. One region may be looking for affordable baseload power. Another may be flexibility attributes. So they're probably different things depending on where they are in that journey. Are there some trends you're seeing, though, consistently across regions, either the role of policy or advancement that you can maybe share with our listeners? First of all, I'd say that there are a lot of regulation evolution in here. We might see different supports depending on, on the regions, but there is no argument that we are all evolving and that the governments are evolving towards this more electrified world. So depending on the region, you have more support or less, but it's true that everybody's looking right now at the US and how the IRA is accelerating the journey there. That's number one. Number two, for sure, there's a strong support, I'd say, for more wind, more solar, but also investments in the grid, but also more and more, and even in countries where at the very beginning had a different position, a support to the role that gas will play in the future. I think that there's a strong, strong understanding right now that the gas is in here, is going to be in here for a long, long time. Just, I'd say, as a baseload generation in some countries, and they replace coal, but also as backup in others. And we are more than happy to play that game with the most efficient turbines that are available in, in the market. And as we keep on working in there with uh, alternatives to decarbonize that uh, technology as well. I mean, I'm the one that believes that the technology is going to be available probably earlier than when it makes uh, economic sense in the case of gas with the hydrogen, gas with uh, carbon capture. We are investing in there. We are ready and we'll be, we'll be ready for our customers. So, Mavi, as we think about going forward and looking forward the future of GE Vernova, what excites you as our CEO of this segment? You've got all these amazing technologies, these people. What really just gets you going in the morning as you think about where we're going together? Jeff, I made a decision to jump into GE Vernova almost 10 months ago, and the same things 
that probably excited me at the moment of making the decision excites me even more right now. We have the vision, we know where we want to go, we are approaching this pin, what is great, we are going to be for sure a smaller but very much focused company, could be a leader in the energy transition. We have the people and the commitment of the teams that I found in here is great. And we have the conviction that we can do it. So I'd say there are a lot of things that really excite me every morning. And also, listen, we have to deliver it. And the technology evolves as we speak. And being part of that, it's something that really not only motivates me, I keep on investing time with teams, but also with the talent that I'm sure will join our company when they understand the role that we can play in the energy sector as a whole and in the long run. And we talked about a lot of technologies today. Are there any specific innovations in the future from these different technologies from our research center that you think could play a huge difference for Vernova in the future? What excites you in that space? I'd say that director capture is probably one of the technologies that excites me the more. Reason for that, I mean, is not only that we will be able to put energy that is net zero carbon footprint into the grid, but also we could be negative. So if there is anything that could help us to be negative, that is going to be a game changer for all of us. For sure, we have to escalate it. There's a lot of CO2 down there that we have to remove, but having a technology like that one could be great. And uh, we are serious on it. I like the evolution that I'm seeing in there. I'm sure that we will play a very important role in that spectrum. Mavi, this was wonderful. Your energy and your perspective on Jeet Vernova is just truly amazing. And on behalf of Brian and the entire team, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to talk with us and share with us your perspective about this important segment to the company. So thank you so very much. Now, the other way around, thank you. Thank you for inviting me and to share how I'm seeing what we have in front of us. That is really amazing. Thank you. Wonderful. And again, for our listeners, please don't hesitate to check out our show notes. And if you have questions for the team or our guests, please drop us a note at cutting.carbon at ge.com. Again, for the entire team, thank you for listening. This is Cutting Carbon.